0: Welcome to the Church Planner Starter Kit Podcast, where busy church planters and pastors can learn to use your church website and brand as a digital missionary. My name is Robbie Fowler. I'm your host, and you're listening to this podcast maybe because you're planting a church or you're a pastor, or maybe you're even on a core team of a church plant, but websites and branding and marketing, that whole area just feels weird. Uh, sometimes it even feels a, literal, uh, a little shady, right? Like maybe we're doing something wrong. Are we supposed to be doing this? How's all this supposed to work? Uh, another problem that you face if you're having uh, anything to do with a church plant, right, is you're always drowning in to-dos. Church planters have to wear a million hats, and website and branding, unfortunately, sometimes is one of them, and it just feels really, really strange. And so a lot of us are just intimidated by that whole mess, right? We, we don't have confidence, and we know that we don't have enough time, skills, or resources to go do our website or our brand really, really well. And so we push it off or we postpone it. Um, but I'm here to help, right? That's why this podcast exists. You're called to plant, and I'm called to help. I want to help you save time. I want to give you some skills and insights, some easy steps that you can take so that uh, you're not wasting money on fruitless tasks, and so you can feel confident about the potential of your brand and your website to really be a digital missionary and help you reach the people you're called to. To reach well, we're in our first series. This is uh, the series is called the Five Missional Marketing Maxims. They really serve as the foundation for the Church Planter Starter Kit. And in this series, I've said there's three things I want us to accomplish together. I want you, first of all, to be excited about how powerful uh, your church website and your church brand can be. This is a powerful opportunity and. I hope that you'll start to see it that way. Uh, The second thing I'd love us to do together is is so that you know it's totally normal and it's okay that you're not like a website or branding expert, right? That's okay, it's very, very normal and that's not your fault, right? But we do know that your brand and your website is your responsibility, so that's why I'm here to help. And the third thing I want you to know that goes along with that is you're not alone. Sometimes it can feel real lonely planting, a church, and certainly you can feel all alone in this area of branding and marketing and website, Uh, but I want you to know you're not alone, and you can do this well. So glad to have you with us. Uh, Last time we looked at the fourth maxim, and this time we'll look at the fifth one. The last one we looked at was your brand and your website is your always-on digital missionary. That was missional marketing maxim number four. There was a really cool uh, resource put together for that on how you can create kind of a job description for your brand and your uh, website. So I'd encourage you to go listen to that and check that resource out. It will walk you through how to do that. I think you'll find that helpful. Today, we're going to look at the fifth missional marketing maxim, and here it is. Your brand and website may never be more important than they are in the first five years of your church plant when you're the most vulnerable, right? Your brand and your website may never be more important than they are right now in the first five years of your church plant when you are most vulnerable. Well, here's the number one temptation that I think you face when it comes to planting your church and then this whole area of uh, website and brand. And the number one temptation is this, I'll deal with this later. Right? I'll deal with this later. I'll deal with this later when we are established. I'll deal with this later when things aren't quite so busy. I'll deal with this later when. Okay, it's really very tempting, and one reason it's tempting is because of the stuff we've already talked about. Like This is not, in most uh, church planters, wheelhouse, okay? And so, it's just tempting to say, I'm not great at this. This is not a strong suit of mine anyway. I've got so many other things to do. I'll just deal with this later, so I want us to look at maybe five mistakes in that kind of thinking, uh, the I'll deal with it later kind of thinking. So uh, five mistakes behind that kind of thinking. Thinking uh, First, before we jump in there, I want to throw a couple of stats out there that will help us think through this area well. Uh, the first one is from an article by the magazine Fast Company. It's not directly dealing with church plants, but it is... Uh, an article, uh, an article about a recent book that came out from Coca-Cola's VP of Innovation. Pretty cool gig, Coca-Cola's VP of Innovation. And the article said this about uh, what that VP noticed when it comes to startups in general. He says the numbers are grim. Ninety percent of all startups fail. Now, again, he's talking about startup businesses. It's not a book about church planting, but the reality is we all know that uh, just starting something is no guarantee that it will continue, right? And uh, what's interesting, though, is, at least in the book, his reason why he thinks some of those startups fail, and he says there's one thing that's most to blame, scale, it's easier than ever to start a business, but harder than ever to scale one. So that it was his insight into why is it that so many of these startups fail, and his was they're not scalable, right? It's easier than ever to start a business, but harder than ever to scale one. Well, when it comes to church plant and church planting stats, uh, the numbers are kind of all over the place, but at least one uh, study, it's a little bit old now, but Ed Stetzer did a study in 2007, And uh, if you take his numbers, you know, he says 32% of churches don't make it past the fourth year, or the positive flip side is 68% do make it past the fourth year. But that 32% don't make it past the fourth year, you know, it is a sober reminder that we want to do this well, we want to be wise stewards of the calling that Jesus has placed on our lives And ultimately, whether or not it succeeds or fails your church or church plant, thankfully the gospel says that has nothing to do with you and your success or your failure because Jesus has already taken care of that for us. Uh, His success is our success, and His church will not fail. So that's the great news, regardless of this. But here's a couple of things I think the stats show us. Uh, Maybe the principle is this. Starting is easy. But marketing and scaling something is harder, right? So starting is easy, but marketing and scaling something is hard. Now, starting a church is not particularly easy, uh, but marketing and scaling that thing, like it's much easier just to launch a first initial gathering than it is to have the second one, the third one, and then two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, right? So starting is easier than marketing and scaling, and it can be more difficult, uh, the second thing these stats remind us is this, uh, the, the numbers show that, that each person that you're trying to reach gets on average between 3,000 and 10,000 marketing messages a day, right? That's a lot of noise out there that we're competing with. 3,000 to 10,000 marketing messages a day. That's what you and I get bombarded with in our North American Context, so this is important, and it's challenging, right? It's challenging to get our uh, to get word out that our church has started, that we're a church plant, what we're about, and just getting people's attention is difficult because there's so much digital noise out there. And the third thing these stats show us are scaling right that we talked about systems and structures are important systems and structures are important depending on how you're wired that may be very exciting to you or you may go oh i just want to hang out with people and get to know people and love on people but systems and structures are important and here's the deal that includes your web and your brand right that it needs to be able to scale. Your website and your brand needs kind of a system and a structure to go with that so that it can grow along with your church plan. So those five mistakes behind that temptation of, I'll just deal with this later. Okay, so there's some stats. Let's jump into maybe five mistakes that are behind that thinking, well, I'll deal with this later. Mistake number one, well, I won't be as busy as I am now, so I'll have more time to deal with this later. All right that can be a temptation because again particularly in those early days of starting a church resources are at a minimum both financially and even you know uh, people assets you don't have a ton of people And so it's really, really hectic. There's all kinds of things that have to get done. And so, yes, you're overwhelmed. But the temptation or the mistake is to think that I'm crazy busy now, um, so I'll really hone in on the website and the brand and that stuff later when I have more time to deal with it. Okay? But here's the deal, right? You know this is true. If you've gone from being single to married, or you've gone from uh, single to married to no kids to one kid, or or when you've gone to two kids you know the reality right that the more the larger your family is you don't get more time right you have less time there's more responsibilities so that thinking of uh, i won't be as busy later once we kind of you know hit hit the ground and and we reach cruising altitude and i'll be able to deal with it then it's just not necessarily true. I know even as uh, we started the Church Planter Starter Kit, there was a couple of guys that went through the beta with me um, that were just about to plant, and a couple of guys that started the beta with us that uh, were already you know, well into their church plant, and it was more difficult for them to track with us. And uh, so just it, it can be a mistake to think, well, later on I won't be as busy once we kind of hit cruising altitude. A second mistake that kind of lies beneath that, I'll deal with that later, is mistake number two, I've got other important things to deal with right now, and this just isn't one of them. And again, I would not argue that there are not other important things. There are certainly other important things that you have to get um, you know, get done as you're planting your church. But don't forget our missional marketing maxim number two, and that was nearly every person that is going to engage with your church plant is going to engage with your brand and your website as part of that decision. Okay? So outside of the people that are actually a part of your church, your church brand and website is likely the most visible part of your church. Okay, so if you had 20 people on your core team of your church plant, okay, they're out interacting with people all the time. So they, as they represent your church, probably are the most visible thing. That's why people are important. We're not arguing that people aren't important. But the second most visible part of your church is is probably your church brand and your website. That, remember last time we said uh, I gave you 800, I think it was 847 reasons why it's important. One of the church planting websites that I was able uh, to help out on had 847 visits, unique visitors in the last 30 days. So this is very, very visible. So the thinking that, hey, there are other more important things to deal with is not necessarily uh, true. This This is one of those important areas. Mistake number three is, you know what, I'll know more about this and what I want to say on the website, what I want to do with it later on, right? So I'll know more about it. I'll know what I want to say. Once we kind of hit the ground, I'll be able to figure some things out later. Uh, Again, if you aren't exactly sure what to say on your website now, um, one of the best tips I can remember hearing that has to do with communication or marketing actually came from a preaching class. Uh, beloved professor, we called him Prof. Howard Hendricks said, right, a mist in the pulpit is a fog in the pews. If you're not clear on what you want to say on your website, um, because it's not kind of crystallized in your mind, uh, then you can be sure. If there's a little bit of a mist, a little, if it's a little fuzzy in your eyes, then you know it's really fuzzy for the normal person. Um, certainly the person that you want to reach or connect with, right? So if you can't nail it down, how in the world are they supposed to know what you're about and why they should be tracking with you? So being a digital missionary and marketing well, honestly, it's a skill, right? It's a skill like any other skill. And no one, for the most part, just magically wakes up with this skill. Sure, some of us may be better than others at it. Uh, Some of us may have had more experience with it than others. But at the end of the day, learning how to do this, it's a skill like anything else, and and you don't just kind of magically wake up with it. And uh, also, the further you get into it and start growing, right? Think about it. The more likely you are to adopt what you might call kind of insider vision. So the further you get along in your church plant, the more your church um, starts to kind of gain traction and grow and your responsibilities grow. Uh, That's going to put you around more and more uh, church people, people that are involved in your church plant. That's a great thing. But what tends to happen, right, we know this, is is the more you're around them, year three, year four, whatever, year two of your church plant, then the, the people that were around, those tend to be the kinds of questions and concerns that we see and come across with the most And then we start to build a website, even without intentionally wanting to do that, we build a website to answer kind of the questions and the concerns of the people that are already involved in our church, because that's who we're hanging out with the most. But the deal is that that website, we want that to be a digital missionary. It's not talking to the people that are already involved in our church. It's actually aimed at the heart of the people that we're called to reach that aren't a part of our church. So the the thought that I'll know more about this later or what I want to say later, um, I, I'm not sure that that holds water, right? Because the further we get into this, the, the less uh, likely we are to have the kind of time that you have at the very beginning to think about those people that you're a call to reach and to build a website that's really aimed at uh, serving them. Okay, mistake number four: um, rebranding. The idea of this. Well, I'll you know I don't know anything about branding, man. If I don't know anything about websites, I sure don't know anything about branding. Don't know what it is, so I'll deal with that later, right? Well, just know this, right? And, and you do know this intuitively, branding or rebranding is something that you do like in terms of decades, not days, right? So you don't create a brand every like couple years, right? You don't go get a new logo, change all that out every couple of years. Think about any popular brand that you know that you enjoy. There's a very good chance that, that in the last five years, they've not changed there's probably a good chance in the last 15 years, if they've been around that long, they, they haven't changed. These tend to last a very long time. So, throwing together something now, uh, particularly when it comes to your branding, and say, I'll deal with that later, it's just not that likely when it comes to your brand. Think about any church that you've been a part of. How often did they rebrand or change their brand, right? You just... You don't do this all the time, so we want to pay attention to this and do this well from the start because you just don't get the opportunity to change that. Um, You you can change your website, but the brand, even more importantly, is not something that's an easy switch. Uh, I can think of two churches that come to the top of my mind um, that I'm familiar with. And for both of them, it's kind of funny, as I think about their brand, one of them, I can guarantee you would not be called what they are called, like their name, they would not be called what they are today, if, if rebranding was easy, because what they are called today has zero connection kind of to the, the uh, vision and direction of the current leadership. Uh, has no connection with their background, um, and they would not be called what they are today. And um, so why don't they just change it? Well, it's just not that easy, right? It's just not that easy. They are living proof that, um, hey, if it was just as easy as I'll figure that out later, or we'll deal with that next week, um, they're proof that it's just not that easy, because they've they're, they're kind of, to some degree, stuck with a name and a brand that had they um, started with that, they, they would have started with something different, okay? Uh, in this particular case, they've actually recently done some small rebranding, and yet, um, you know, the reality is that hasn't actually, that new brand hasn't shown up everywhere because, that's expensive. The further you get down the road, the the more it costs to change that brand. Because if you've made any sort of signs or anything like that, all of that has to get switched. Okay, so the I'll deal with this later is uh, costly if we're not careful. Particularly when it comes to the brand. Uh, another church I can think of when it comes to their brand, um, they would absolutely love to change it. Um, you know, I won't go into all the reasons why, they, they would love to change it. They, the name that they have is, is not, it probably wouldn't even be on their top five list. But circumstances, uh, all that stuff played into kind of their brand and their name and their branding. And uh, one of the reasons they can't change it now is a great reason, and it's because they're kind of too established and too influential in their community. They're known for that brand that unfortunately, the leadership would say, man, if we could start over, we would have done a few things differently. So that's a good problem to have, but it just illustrates that it is not super easy to go change this later, okay? So mistake number five, kind of beneath that thinking, well, I'll just deal with this later. Mistake number five is is probably the most pervasive, and it's this feeling that you're not enough, right? Uh, i, I I'm not enough. I can't do this well, right? It's that kind of limiting belief. Well, I'm not smart enough to do this well, this whole website and brainy thing. I'm not skilled enough to do it well. Maybe it's um well, I'm just not in a big enough market where it matters. I'm just a little bitty fish, just trying to get this thing off the ground. None of this matters. We're not we're not big enough. I'm not important enough. This thing isn't, you know, important enough, or my context isn't important enough. Uh, Another kind of the, uh, well, I'm just not enough limiting belief might be, well, we'll, if I really try to go do this, you know, I'm going to make so many mistakes. This is going to be terrible. Um, Or maybe it's the idea that, hey, if I go say these things on the website or try to do this with with our brand and then people come see us, we're going to kind of be found out, right? That, hey, we're not this cool or whatever. Um, All of those are limiting beliefs that that you're not enough, right? You, you're not enough. <laughs> I'm not enough, right? A, that's why Jesus is enough. He's the one we're pointing people to anyway. And number two, you, with Him, you are enough. He has not called you to something that with His help and His grace and His strength you can't do. So don't believe that lie that you can't do this, that you're not enough, that you're not smart enough, you don't have enough skills. Uh, Because that's just not true. I I think probably your best bet, and that's why I've started the Church Planter Starter Kit, is that is is to learn to be a digital missionary, right? And I think if you can find a framework, that's what the Church Planter Starter Kit is. It's actually a, a framework, and my goal is is so that to get this in your hands now, because that gives you the skills and the steps. And the second thing the framework will do is it actually scales, right? It is scalable. It will grow with you. Um, the The framework, the Church Planter Starter Kit framework, gives you kind of digital missionary marketing skills, and it's aimed at church planters and pastors, right? Uh, um, it's not aimed at like um, Fortune 500 company marketing departments. It's It speaks your language. Uh, It understands all of the things on your kind of to-do list, all the things you're responsible for. And it just gives you the skills to help you cut through the noise, right, of those 3,000 to 10,000 marketing messages um, that everybody is getting. All those people you want to reach, right, remember we said they're getting bombarded. And so the framework, Church Planner starter Kit framework, framework, gives you the digital missionary marketing skills and steps um, to help you kind of cut through that noise. The second thing is, because it is a framework, it is scalable, okay? So it helps you not only get started, like how in the world do I even tackle this whole area, but it also helps you equip and delegate uh, this whole area to others later on, right? As your church grows, as your leadership grows, as your responsibilities grow, you're not going to be managing this day-to-day, Um you know, probably whatever, year two or year three or, or, or whatever, and if you're already there, like we're well, already in year two or year three or whatever, this framework gives you the ability to equip some other leaders and to delegate this later on, right? Because now you possess kind of the skills and and, again, a framework that you can pass on. And therefore, it helps you also lead and oversee this area, right? So the temptation just to say, I sure hope somebody shows up on my core team or whatever that somehow magically knows all of this um, is is yes, Jesus will bring you the gifts you need, um, but it's still your responsibility to, to kind of lead and oversee this. Well, how, how do you know how to provide leadership and oversee something? How do you know if it's doing well if you don't know anything about it? And I think this framework gives you the ability to evaluate and lead and oversee this whole area as, by God's grace, your church plant grows. And so they, the honest... You know, the, the reality is, this is the f- same framework that I use for large organizations. Okay. It's no different. It scales, it grows, it gives you a framework with which to build and grow your brand and your website on. So I hope uh, that helps you as you think about that temptation, right? To say, well, I'll just deal with this later. You don't have to deal with this later. You are enough, right? You can get the skills that you need. And again, no one's asking you to be a a super expert, but just get enough skills so that you can go do this well, and you can turn your brand and your website into a digital missionary. Well, like always, I've got a great resource for you today that you can download. You will be able to find this in the show notes, so whatever, wherever, however you are listening to, you can check out the show notes. I'll put a link there, or you can always go to the website, churchplanterstarterkit.com forward slash six. This is episode number six, churchplanterstarterkit.com forward slash six, and you'll find the show notes there. And here's the resource I've got for you today. It is your digital missionary website value formula. This is really cool. It's really, really simple, but it helps you think in terms of your website, uh, in terms of what kind of value, if we do this well, what kind of value will this bring to our church plant okay so it, it kind of helps get your juices going helps get you motivated helps get you excited helps kind of transform our thinking uh, about this whole area from oh gosh i don't want to mess with this to oh man this has lots of potential okay this little formula it's really really simple uh, you'll be able to fill it out and it'll uh Put some take something that may be kind of abstract, make it very concrete for you to go, man, this would be, this would help us this way. This would be really, really valuable for us. Therefore, we, sh- we should treat it this way, right, with this kind of a priority level. So go check that out. Super simple, uh, very, very helpful anytime I've uh, used this with other pastors or church planters. Because, uh, again, this whole website area, branding area, we just were not sure what to think about it and what our approach should be to it. So check that resource out, your digital missionary website value formula that's going to help you get some handles on that. If you enjoy this podcast, you uh, can help spread the word. You can leave a review on iTunes, uh, share it with your friends, with your other uh, church planting and pastor Friends, and uh, that would really help me out. That'll help me get this into the hands of more pastors and planters so that, like you, they can learn to be great digital missionaries with their brand and their websites, and we can uh, bring good news right to the cities and communities where your church is, and you can reach the people that you're called to reach and use your brand and your website as part of that. So glad that you hung out with me today. Uh, Look forward to the next podcast. Join me there. Until then, have a great day.